Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Kayla Walton, and I'm joined in the studio by Trisha Casson, Jill Yarmish, and Father Nick Ventura. Before we begin today's show, let us open in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for the beauty and the joy of this day. We thank you for the gift of your love and the gift of your truth. Lord, I just ask that you please keep our minds and hearts open to hearing your word and to hearing the journeys of others. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is great, Kayla. I'm glad that you kind of took the reins and started the show. I think oh. this is the first time you did that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not, but thank you, Father, for... Are you, are you sure? I'm pretty sure. No, I'm actually like 100% sure, because I think I started a, a couple... Uh, okay. Well, maybe I just anyways. have a bad memory. Anyways, so, you <laughs> know... Didn't you know that we've been recording like 20 shows without you? <laughs> oh, this is, wow. This is, this is show 65, though, so congratulations, everyone. <laughs> there we go. We're, we're, we're moving I'm along. Kidding. So... Today, we're going to talk about, like, witness and testimony and, you know, conversion. It's it's so important that we talked about these sort of things. I mean, the, one of the most important words in our faith is martyr. I mean, when we hear martyr, we think, oh, my gosh, someone's going to die. Mm-hmm. But the word martyr means witness. Mm-hmm. It's the witness of another that we have received the faith. Mm-hmm. So we like to tell our stories of how the Lord has reached us so that others know that Jesus Christ is living, that Jesus Christ wants us to be in relationship with him. Joel? Yeah, I like to think, I mean, this is a simple analogy, but this is the analogy that I like to use. Like when you when you go to a restaurant and you have like a really, really good meal and you have a really, really good experience, like what I like to do and like what I end up doing for like a week after is telling everyone is like, man, I went here and it was so good. The food was good. The service was great. All this kind of stuff. So I liken that to my faith in the sense that once you have a, a an experience, it's even more powerful than a good meal. I mean, just... You want to tell anyone who will listen because you're, the joy that you have, you need to spread it with others. So not only is it a part of our faith to tell others about our faith, mm-hmm. but it's this human tendency to want to share your happiness with other people. So when you have this inner happiness that only God can give you, you want to share it with other people. And actually, just to go on the customer service kick, they teach you in <laughs> customer service classes, you know, when you're starting at a new hospital or something that... People will talk about a bad experience like 10 times more likely than they will talk about a good experience. It's our human nature to kind of dwell on the bad instead of look to the good. Right. And how important it is to look to the good, to look to the ways the Lord has blessed us and not just to focus on the ways that we're feeling inadequate or unfulfilled. Right. And how the Lord has brought us to fulfillment, how the Lord has made us so joyful in in our realization. I mean, this is kind of gets at the heart of it. When we encounter the Lord, it brings about a change of heart. Mm-hmm. You know, a an almost an about face. I mean, what does it mean to repent? Repent means to turn away, to turn away from our sins and turn towards the Lord. And I think that um, maybe some of us listeners are thinking, well, I don't have a conversion story. You know, I I was a cradle Catholic, or I've always been Catholic, or I've never been completely separated from the church and had this dramatic moment when I returned. Um, But that's really, that's not the truth. The truth is we're always um, having small conversions in our life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The word conversion just means to turn. So Mm -hmm. it's those moments in our life when we turn back to Christ, when we focus our face on the face of Jesus. And every soul isn't um, exempt from that. We're always running from him, then coming back, running from him, then coming back. 
Yeah. And I think, Trisha, you know, kind of along the lines of that, understanding, too, that that the story that we tell one person is not going to be the same story that we tell another. Um, I'll never forget last night I was with someone and, um, you know, we were just talking about discernment and I um, was with the Carmelite sisters and um, she was, you know, also just thinking about where it is that our Lord's calling her. And, you know, my like the, the part of my story that I told her in that moment was much, much, much different than the part of my story that I told, you know, some high schoolers on a retreat two years ago and understanding that our Lord will open up those doors to um to what parts of our story we're going to tell others because you know the girl last night didn't need to know that I went on you know youth 2000 retreat when I was a sophomore what she really needed to know is how I grew closer to our lord during college and then especially in discernment and so you know the most important part of sharing our story with others is really praying for the guidance of the holy spirit to know what it is that we're mm-hmm. supposed to say um to really help others you know grow in their love for Jesus. I mean it is a witness that allows others to kind of look for the Lord, look for those patterns. I mean we can't recognize unless we've seen it before. I mean we we talk about if we say that we want to meet a famous star, we don't know who that star looks like unless we see pictures, unless we see things, we see like a witness this is what they look like. Um the the beautiful thing about testimony is that sometimes we don't know what we're looking for. Sometimes we don't even know why, what this hunger is in our heart. And it takes someone else saying, hey, it's when I encountered Christ, this is how mm-hmm. I came to fullness of life. And then we that, that causes us to stop and think, wait a minute, I want that. Where is the Lord doing that for me in my life? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Okay, oh, you go ahead. Sorry, and super quick too, understanding that that when we're speaking to others, the conversion doesn't always have to be going from a bad moment to a good moment. It can be going from a good moment to a great moment. You know, like, okay, my life is my life is good. Like, I trust the Lord. But here's where, like, our Lord took it to the next level. And so understanding that, just like Trisha was saying, it doesn't have to be that big aha moment. It could be, like, those little moments every day. And it could be those moments where our hearts turn from good to great. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's and and I think right now we should take like a moment to really reflect on that. Like we're inviting everyone to reflect on the fact that we all have a story to tell. All of us have those moments where, you know, it's not like a big aha moment, but it's still like this was important to me. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's something also to think about in our own lives is that every moment can be turned into a testimony. Mm-hmm. I I sometimes forget that, you know. But every moment, every decision that we make can somehow be turned into a testimony, a witness to Christ's love and mercy if we look for Christ in those moments. Um, my dad was recently diagnosed with stage four cancer, and we don't know what's going to happen. And I received uh, just a letter of consolation from a Protestant friend of mine. And in the letter she wrote, I can't wait to see how the Lord is going to use this suffering for his testimony. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens, I can't wait to hear your testimony. And it made me realize that I, yeah, the Lord is going to bless this situation. I don't know what his blessing is going to look like yet, but I know that no matter what he does, our family is going to have a testimony to God's love and mercy. And you know, how freeing is that in the Christian life that we can say that, that no matter what happens, I know confidently that I will be able to testify to the love of Christ mm-hmm. because he doesn't forsake us. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't, he does not forsake us and he can't be outgiven. If we give Christ every moment, every cross, every struggle of our day, he is going to give back a hundredfold. 
he he we can't outgive the giver. I mean, so, he's he can't be outdone in generosity. No, he can't. So, so we can know with confidence that Lord, if I give you this moment, if I give you this test, if I give you this friendship, if I give you this relationship, I will have a better testimony. I can testify to your love because of it. And so Everyone who's listening right now, you have a testimony to give. And how precious mm-hmm. and important it is that we give these testimonies. Because how else will our brothers and sisters know about this love and mercy of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's a, that's a huge part of our faith is we are called to be, I, I guess, living witnesses to God. Like there's there's words in the Bible and there's, you know, the experiences that we have at Mass every Sunday. But a huge part of the Catholic faith is the community of the Catholic faith is the living witness of Christ's love in other people. And I think um, it's really easy to get muddled down in the day-to-day and just say, you know, I just got to get through today. I've got to mm-hmm. be, you, you can be very inwardly focused. But when you when you take that time to remember that you are part of the, the entire church and the church is here to build each other up and to be that living witness to our faith, um, you know, it's it's a lot. You could be a lot more intentional with that, and you can you can change a lot of people's lives that way. I mean, it's kind of like you know, if let's use this as an analogy. You know, if you're on the fence about going to see a show or a movie or something, and you're just like, I don't know, but then a friend of yours saying, "Oh, this was really great," and here's why I liked it. It kind of pushes you to kind of look forward to it. So maybe the Lord is going to ask you to be that like witness to someone who's on the fence. Like, hey, this is something. That's really cool. And I want you to have this, too. That's why we tell our stories. That's why we want to share with people what we've encountered. And just a reminder, you're listening to Alive for More on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820. My name is Father Nick Venturn. You're listening to Kayla Walton, Trisha Casson, and Joel Yarmish. Remember, you can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And we're talking about testimony. And kind of related with that, I think, I don't know. I think it'd be helpful if we had a little bit of our own testimony, a little bit of like what brought us closer to faith. Yeah. Joel. Yeah. I, I think uh, uh, an easy segue off of everything that we've talking, uh, talked about is, is my faith, uh, my personal faith journey, which uh, I'd like to preface by saying it is no, in no way perfect or complete, but it is, you know, it's, it's mine. And um, so I, I was raised Catholic, obviously, um, like everyone in, uh, you know, on the show. Um, but, uh, it, it wasn't what I would consider super strong. Um, you know, high school and college, um, not, not super diligent in my faith, not, um, not living, I don't think a life that, you know, that would make God proud or anything like that. And, um, definitely was starting to wear me down, wear on me. Um, but when I got out of college, I moved in with my older brother who, um, is just a a rock. I mean, he, uh, he's very strong in his faith, uh, Went to church every Sunday, a couple times a week, and, and the big thing that he did, um, he had a very strong community of friends that he welcomed me into, um, very, very strong in their faith, and and they kind of lived for their faith. Um, you know, they they were living basically the inverse of my life. They were they were living for their faith every day uh, and, and having a good time doing it, and I was having a good time and not really living for my faith. Um, and so, what they kind of showed me through their witness was that there's there's a lot that that God had to offer me and the big thing that he uh, exposed me to was um eucharistic adoration there was mm-hmm. a weekly eucharistic adoration uh at at a church in our neighborhood and we would go to it and spend an hour a week just 
not talking, just listening to God, um, being in in the presence of the Eucharist, going to confession on a regular basis, just really experiencing um, a, a really close relationship with God. And it's and the funny thing about this particular the the way my brother um, shared his faith is he was not he he didn't like you know he never sat me down and said this is this is what you need to do he just lived an example that um, he made it very accessible he made it seem like this is a, a real way to live and and he did things that if you would have told me four years ago that I would be doing. I would be like that. That's crazy. That just doesn't fit into <laughs> into my life. That doesn't fit into my daily routine. That's 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 crazy. But um, but the way that I slowly transitioned to um, you know, not into to living a life that would make um, God more proud and to explore my faith on a on a regular basis. Um, I just felt myself being happier and being more fulfilled and wanting to to continue to live that way. Um. And it was through this adoration, and it really it, it really changed my life in a positive way because it was during this adoration that I really focused um, where where my next what why I was living. I found uh, I guess a, a purpose, and I said, you know, I'm not the man that I need to be right now to start a family, but um, I, I want to work to get there. And I said, Lord, I, this was the, I remember this prayer like it was yesterday. I, I prayed in an adoration every week. I, I would pray, Lord. Um, you know, make me into the man uh, that I need to be to raise a family and to um, be worthy uh, of one of your daughters. And uh, and it was it was crazy. Uh, within within like that year, I, I met my my future wife through Trisha. Trisha introduced me, um, just kind of out of the blue. And and uh, and here we are. A couple years later, I got a couple kids and and living happily and uh, way more fulfilled now than I was. Uh, Five or six years ago. I guess, Joel, I have a question. When you first moved in with your brother, clearly you're, you weren't at a point where you were you thought you needed the faith. You were just kind of, I mean, at least that's what you were implying, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Was there ever a moment where you saw what your brother had and you thought, I want that? Or was it just he kind of drug you along to different things? Like, was there ever no. a moment where you just said, okay, I'll, I'll go along with this? And what caused that? Um, I mean, really what it was is I had moved back from school and I had, I had no, I mean, he was living with, I was living with him. So he was my social life. And mm-hmm. so, um, it was kind of, I just, he, he sucked me into his social life. He's like, you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, I don't have anything else to do. So I would come and, um, there would be tons of fun stuff to do. And there, it was, it's just like it integrated faith into to social life, which is nothing, something I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was like through that that I it was I, I went initially for the social life and then you know faith was secondary but it, it got to the point where faith was the reason that I was going and the social interaction became secondary mm. and it was like I, I don't even know when that transition happened but it was just like you know you get hit over the head enough times sitting somewhere and it, like something finally sticks and and yeah I well, I don't know I can't I can't imagine my life. Uh, without my faith now. So. Uh, Joel, would you say uh, something beautiful that I heard you say is that Brett, your brother, testified to you not necessarily through words but through actions. Yeah. So would you say that um, a witness or a testimony can be just through the way you're living your faith and not necessarily expressing it? Yeah, definitely. The, the um, you know, the way too often quoted St. Francis quote. Um, <laughs> that's probably not actually St. Francis, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's still really great. Yes. Go ahead, Joel. I, you know, uh, um, you know, go... Preach the gospel always. And when necessary, use yeah. words. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so, yeah, I don't know. His Just the the, the, the way he lived 
peacefully and the way that he lived um, calm and happy. It was it was it was the happiness. It was the joy. Mm-hmm. It was the joy of of knowing love and and like knowing um, full trust in something. And that was very, very um, attractive, I guess. And, and that's why I wanted to um, I wanted I wanted to get to know what he knew. I wanted mm-hmm. to know what he knew. It was like the secret. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. No. Um, and so, what, what what did that make you do, Joel? Yeah, it was a secret. He wanted, yeah. He, he taught me the secret to to learn to be alive for more. And what you're listening to on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, <laughs> AM 820. You can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online, on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And so that's a, that's a beautiful testimony. I mean, that's like like the gentle kind of invitation. It was like... I forget who said it. It was either you or Trisha who said about, like, sometimes it's not an aha moment. Mm-hmm. It's just more that slow growth. And before you know it, you're like, I can't live without this. This is yeah, something yeah. I want. And I, I think that's something, too, that's really important to note, Joel, is that even though, obviously, like, our Lord works in abundant ways, and mm-hmm. this was all his doing, but you were open to that. And I think that's what's so beautiful and so awesome is that, you know, our Lord gives us gifts, but just, like, the definition of a gift is something that, is given, but not necessarily has to be accepted. And like you chose to accept those gifts, which is amazing. So yeah, yeah and I, I should kudos. say I have while while my brother was uh, played an integral part in in my conversion. I, that is not to say that I did not have other holy influences in my life. Like I knew right. all of you guys, and I and my my mom is one of the holiest women I know, and and goes to church every Sunday. Very involved <coughs> in church. So shout out Starlene. But um, <laughs> I was I was at a point in my life where I didn't need to hear that from an adult. I needed to hear it from someone who. Was was living the life that yeah. I was living and, and was and was sharing my experience rather than you know years a, a couple years older than me and my mom. So. There's a great quote from uh, Paul the Sixth. Um, he has this a- apostolic exhortation on evangeliz- evangelization in the modern world. And he has this great quote: "Modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers, and if he does listen to teachers, it is because they are witnesses." It is, you know, and th- that's what your brother was to. He was a witness. Mm-hmm. I mean, or your your mom, your your friends, they were witnesses to the gospel. And it brought you, that testimony brought you closer to the Lord and brought you that conversion. That's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I, I've actually, first time I've actually heard this, I've always wondered because, I mean, grew up with Joel and I can attest that. I'm glad to see a conversion. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> what I think is really beautiful about your conversion and maybe a great gift God gave you is that during your college years when you were drifting from the church and maybe not making, you said, decisions that were good, um, and you could feel that loneliness or that emptiness, and the Lord used that to show you, to kind of compare it to the fulfillment of the Christian life. You know, he used that brokenness of your college years to show you that that life can be so much more. Mm-hmm. Like that, he gave you that absence mm-hmm. so you could know what it felt like to be filled. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. And how beautiful yeah. it is that the Lord uses everything to right. to bring us closer to Him. I mean, He can you He literally He's God. He can use mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. to for His greater glory. And I think speaking of everything, Trisha, you are one of my best friends, and um, and you truly are a sister to me. And I think that you have like such an amazing story to share too. So um, I would love, you know, if you're willing to share a story with our listeners, um, because I think that, you know, it coincides really well with what Joel was saying. Yeah. Thank you, Kayla. Um, When I think back on, you know, where I am now and how the Lord has brought me to turn to him or what are the moments in my life when I saw Christ, when I experienced his love and mercy, 
um, you know, I think the theme of my conversion is grace. And that's probably the theme Mm -hmm. of all of our conversions. But the definition of grace is this undeserved gift. And when I think back on the ways that the Lord has pursued me, I feel so undeserving um, Mm -hmm. because it was in a a very simple and non-complicated and beautiful way. Um, And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for his quiet conversion in my life. And when I think back on it, I owe it all to, um, I think, two things. The first thing is my blessed parents. Um, Why am I Catholic today? I I can only go back to them. And I go back to the fact for two things. Um, they never denied me love, their love. Mm-hmm. And through them loving me so fully, I was able to accept the love of God a lot easier than maybe some children are who are lacking in love and in the home life. Mm-hmm. Um, but because my parents were so... Um, just giving with their love and their compliments and their encouragement, I was able to easily receive that from Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And the second thing my parents did for me that I think is huge, and I think it's everything, and I think it's why I can sit here today and talk about the love of Christ, is they um, had me baptized and they welcomed me in the church. But more than having me baptized, I received my first communion in second grade, and um, I was never denied the love of the Eucharist as a child. And I just went to my niece's first communion, And the priest, Father Eilerman at St. Mary's of the Assumption, was beautifully proclaiming to the parents of these children receiving their First Communion that no no time in your children's life, nobody can love your child as completely and tenderly and unrelenting and devotedly as the Eucharist. Jesus is love himself, and we receive him in the Eucharist every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so Father Eilerman was stressing to the parents, don't deny your children this love. Like, how can we deny a child this love, this love of the Eucharist? Mm -hmm. And I thought back on my life, and I was never denied the love of Jesus in the Eucharist. Growing up, my parents, it was never an option. Sunday Mass was never an option. We, uh, We were at Mass every Sunday, and I was never denied that love. And look, unbeknownst to myself, every time as a child I received the Eucharist, my heart was expanding, right? Jesus mm-hmm. was allowing my soul to grow and to, to know him more in this quiet and subtle way. So praise be to God that my parents saw the importance of the Eucharist and never denied me Jesus, because I think that's my conversion story, you know, is that I was able to receive Christ in the sacraments. Um, and how undeserving am I to be able to do that? And so growing up, I always, I would gently known the love of Christ. Um, the second thing I can kind of attribute, uh, you know, a time in my life when the Lord made me turn back to him was through the death of our teacher, Mr. Rausch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, a young man fully alive. I think he was 28 when he died. That's how old I am now. And um, he was our seventh grade teacher. And it was at that time when I was trying to decide what is right or wrong, as most 13 and 14 year olds do, you know, how am I going to live my life? And I I thought that drinking in high school would be normal and maybe promiscuity in college would be normal. Um And so I was just, I remember like struggling with those questions in my head. And while I was struggling with those questions of how I would live my Christian life, Father Rausch was murdered and not Father, sorry. I'm sorry. Mr. Mr. Rausch. It's okay. Mr. Rausch Rausch was murdered. And I, I, we were confronted at, you know, a very vulnerable age, 13 or 14 Mm -hmm. of life and death and how impactful that was at that very formative time in our life that we were forced to reflect upon eternity. Okay, okay, Trisha, is this real? Is is heaven and hell real? And I also go back to that moment when I think about how the Lord has used other people 
mm-hmm. to keep me close to his sacred heart. Mm-hmm. And um, that death, unfortunately, was so horrible, but the Lord used it for his glory. And here I am today, um, able to, I was able to see in that moment that heaven and hell are real mm-hmm. and that I need to live my life accordingly. Um, so yeah, those are the two things that I just go back to my conversion with. And what did, when we talk about our conversion story quickly, we ask ourselves three questions. What event, what event was it that happened in my life? So I'm going to say the sacraments and my parents and Mr. Roush. How did this affect my life? And how am I going to live my life differently? Mm-hmm. So when you're driving in your car, I think it's really healthy for us to always kind of constantly think of our conversion stories. So what happened in my life? How did this affect my life? And how am I living my life differently now? Mm-hmm. And those are three questions we should always ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it's right up there. Why am I here? And what am I doing? And what do I want? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so if if we are reflecting on the fact, like, how has the Lord reached me? Where am I at in my conversion? Ask yourselves that question. What happened? How did it affect me? And what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of us have that kind of control. That's something, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to wait for a rock to hit us on the head. We can enter into that reality without, you know, having to prepare for anything. Yeah. And I think, you know, something that is really helpful when you're giving your testimony is to maybe, I don't, you don't want to be like too preachy, but maybe just offering a suggestion. So, like, for example, when I was talking to the person last night, I said, you know, like, the only thing that I can say is that adoration truly changed my heart and my life when I was discerning. And, you know, Trisha, I know that, like, daily mass is so important to you. And and so calling people on, not in a, not in a guilt, you know, a guilty way, but saying, like, in my life, this is one practical thing that has truly changed who I am, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, going to scripture or going to daily mass or going to adoration. And, and really, you may um, be... Like you may open up people's minds and hearts to something that they had never thought before. And so I think that's a really important part of a testimony is to really just call people on in a loving and gentle, gentle way, but Mm -hmm. still opening their hearts and minds to what they can do. Yeah. And it is witness. I mean, Christianity is basically a faith of witness of saying, this is what the Lord has done for me. So Joel and Trisha, thank you for sharing, you know, your, your conversion story, that witness to how the Lord has reached you. I mean, you have, you know, that gentle growth, you know, through exposure to the sacraments or even just, you know, you know, you're living with your brother and he invites you to the social life. You're like, well, what else am I going to do? The Lord reaches us in different ways. How has the Lord reached out to all of us? When what ways has he asked us to find him? This is something we all need to think about. So right now, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. So, Joel, could you close us in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for continue to, continuing to call us closer to, to a closer relationship with you. We thank you for all the people that you've placed in our lives to, to draw us near to you. And, and we pray for the strength to, to draw others close to you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Again, you can listen to us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online, on demand at stgabrielradio.com. We're alive for more. God bless you until next time. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then-